Let me ask a question today. Did you know that birds fly? Did you know that fish swim? Did you know whatever you throw up will come down? Come on, somebody help me out here. Water is wet. The sun is hot. And whatever you sow, that shall you reap. All those things that I mentioned are things that we know, things that we hold true, things that science has proven. You can prove it. You can go home and you can make it real. The last time you drank water, wasn't it wet? I mean, I prefer wet water myself. You know, the principle of reaping what you sow isn't just a secular idea of how we live our life, but there is a biblical mandate that lets us know clearly that what we reap is, is what we sow. Our sowing brings about our reaping. We are in the book of Hosea, which is a minor prophet in the Old Testament. You may have to look in your table of contents to even find Hosea. It's not a place you go to very often, but Hosea is a minor prophet. It doesn't mean that he's less important than any other prophet. It just means that his book is shorter in length than other prophets. That's the only difference between a minor prophet, prophet and a major prophet is the length of the book. What's the difference between a minor prophet and a major prophet? The length of the book. See how smart y'all are. Y'all are just absolute scholars. So the length of the book defines Hosea as a minor prophet, but he's got a major message for a nation and a, and a group of people, a culture and a society that has turned aside from God pursuing their own ways. They've had, they have multiple gods in, in their culture. And last week we talked about how a, 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 a society without God is a society in chaos. And a society in chaos needs a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus Christ. Well, we're going to continue today in Hosea. We're going to talk a little bit more about this idea of reaping what you sow. But I love what the Lord brings to the table that's not talked about a whole lot in chapter 10 of Hosea. So turn with me to Hosea chapter 10, if you will. And we're going to look in verses 12 and 13, but I want to start in verse 13 today. I want to start in verse 13 for a reason. Listen to these words that God has for us written down from thousands of years ago. You have plowed wickedness. You have reaped injustice. You have eaten the fruit of lies because you have trusted in your way in your numerous warriors. One of the key things that sticks out to me there is where the trust has been placed. We see in verse 13, the trust is placed in themselves and in the warriors, other people, rather than God. And when their trust is placed in that, we can see that they have plowed wickedness, they have reaped injustice, and they have eaten the fruit of lies. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this culture, this society during this time was living in a very wicked. We looked at some of that last week. You, you can look in Hosea chapter 4 and see how there was no kindness, no faithfulness. There was violence. There was bloodshed, bringing about bloodshed. There was stealing and adultery and deception and swearing and all of the things that we could say defines our culture today. 
And we can see here, it's, the Lord is telling us that they plowed wickedness. That means that the things that they did was completely the opposite of what God desired. See, there's a lot of things that look good today. There's a lot of things out there that will appear to be good, but at the heart of it, it's wicked. You want to know why? It's not from God. If God is not approving it and it may look good to people, it does not mean it's good. Only God determines whether something's good or evil. So when people are pursuing their own ways, looking at the, their warriors, their people, their politicians, their leaders, and they are not looking to God, what they begin to do is plow wickedness and reap injustice toward people. There's a lot of people during this time and during our day-to-day that are victims of injustice. I'm going to go out on a limb just for a second. It was unjust how the police were, were treated just a couple of years ago. I think that was completely Injustice. I see heads shaking. That was not a result of bad police officers. That was a result of sin and the people and God being removed from the culture. You understand? I'm not coming against all of what happened because I'm coming against sin. That's what I'm coming against. It was the heart of the wickedness in the people that brought about that onslaught of attack upon our police officers. That was an injustice. They were screaming there was injustice done, but we're going to punish everybody. And when you do that, that is injustice. And that comes from an absolute absence of God in the society and in the culture. We see the results. We see right here the symptoms. You have eaten the fruit of lies. You have consumed that which was not true, but you believe it to be true. Amos told us that they don't even know what is right anymore. But let me go to something that's going to give us some hope. Because here's the the thing I want you to know today. I want you to know this. You, You can write this down. That the, the, the real truth that you can know today that we're about to get out of verses 12 and 13 of Hosea is expect the harvest to come from the seed sown and the preparation of the soil that receives that seed. See, we talk about you reap what you sow, but I want you to listen very carefully Very carefully again, I'm going to read in verse 12 and then read verse 13. And I want you to see if you can pick up on something. Sow with a view to righteousness. Reap in accordance with kindness. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until He comes to rain righteousness on you. I can put in here, however... You have plowed wickedness, you have reaped injustice, you have eaten the fruit of lies because you have trusted in your way and your numerous warriors. Ladies and gentlemen, every single one of you, you're all a farmer. You may, you may have grown up in the city. How many of you grew up kind of in the city? Raise your hand. How many of you grew up on a farm? Raise your hand. How many of you just don't know where you grew up? Just raise your hand. You're not sure if it was a farm or the city or... Maybe you were in a rural area and you just didn't have a garden or anything. If you've ever been around a garden, raise your hand. If you've ever eaten fruit or vegetables, would you raise your hand? <laughs> okay, now we got some common ground here. All these vegetables come from a thing called a garden. And throughout Scripture, we will see God using the illustration and the idea of a garden as a focus. Think about this for a moment. 
in the very beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, God created the heavens and the earth. And God created the stars and the sun and the moon. He separated the waters from the waters and He created dry ground. And then He planted a garden. Garden begins in Genesis 1, runs throughout Scripture because we can get some truths from a garden because the idea of gardening has spiritual implications for us to understand a little bit better God and our life spiritually. So here's what we can glean out of this today. Notice it says, Sow with a view to righteousness, reap in accordance with kindness or mercy. Isn't that a beautiful thing? I mean, that's one of those things you can put on your Facebook post. You know, you can say, sow, uh, sow with a view to righteousness, reap in accordance with kindness. I mean, that's a great thing to put out there. But here's something that people don't often discuss or talk about. That's right here in Scripture. Look at this. Break up your fallow ground. Now, what is fallow ground? Anybody know what fallow ground is? Well, good. I'm glad you don't because I had to look it up myself. I wasn't quite sure what fallow ground was myself. Fallow ground isn't just shallow. It, you know, it rhymes with shallow. It isn't just some ground that's never been worked. It's actually ground that has had a garden on it before or has great potential to grow something that has been left alone for a long period of time. Think about what's going on in this culture, in this nation at this time. God was their God. They were His people, but yet they have decided we don't want anything to do with Him. There's all these other gods. There's all these other things to do. We're busy. We are making friends and influencing people. We're doing great things in our life. We don't need to really pour into God anymore. Does that sound familiar? Here is what it, God is saying here. Break up that fallow ground. Break up that ground that you've been neglecting that has great potential to produce something fantastic in your life. There are some people here today that needs to break up some fallow ground. There are some people in your life right now that needs to break up some fallow ground. Fallow ground is ground of potential for spiritual fruit to come about that's being ignored and left alone. I have here in my hand something. Who knows what that is? Okay, somebody under 20 years old, do you know what that is? It's a hoe. This is a hoe. How do you use a hoe? Do you strap it to your side? No. What is a hoe used for? It's used for breaking up dirt. But let me tell you something. Every year when it came time to plant a garden at my house, this is not what we got out. The first thing we did... Well, the first thing my dad said was, get up, boy. You need to go crank my tractor for me. Because my dad's tractor did not have a starter on it. It was a self-started tractor, but Clyde Self was going to start it. <laughs> because to start it, have, have you ever seen the, the old cranks? It's, 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 it's kind of like, a, uh, uh, like an S-looking kind of thing, and you stick it in the front of the engine, and you put it on, and then you've got to turn that thing around, and it... <laughs> And it wouldn't crank. It still wouldn't crank. I want you to know, I got all my muscles, my upper body strength came from trying to crank that tractor. That was the hardest, cantankerous, meanest old tractor that's ever been. And it's still at my mom's house. So if anybody would like an antique tractor, I know where there's one sitting right now. But we would crank up that tractor, and to, uh, to that tractor we would connect something. And it was much bigger than this hole in my hand, now, what do y'all call the thing you, you attach to the back of the tractor? Plow. 
That's not what we called it. Because we were from the hills of Dahlonega. My dad never called it a plow his entire life. You know what he called it? I'm about to educate some of you who, who aren't familiar with these old time terms. Do you know? Anybody know? Hars. Hars. Now, I have no idea if that is even in the dictionary. I'll tell you right now. All I know is we called them hars. I'm not even sure how you spell it, but it does rhyme with hoe and hars. So maybe, you know, that's how it came about. But we would hook up these hars to the back of this tractor. We'd go down to where our garden was the year before, and it would be filled with weeds, and stuff would be all over it. And we would take that tractor, and we'd have to back it up, pull up the little thing, back it up, engage those, those, the, the plow, <laughs> the more modern day to say it. And then that tractor would pull it down through there, and it would be breaking up the dirt. It would, it would take that dirt and just churn it up. And we'd go all the way down. We'd come back. And we were doing that because we were going to plant a garden. We were going to plant some seeds. But we had to break up the ground before we could put the seeds. Then we'd go down through there. And we'd take a hole. And I remember we, we would take that hole and we'd be getting our rows ready. You know, piling up the dirt. Or we'd be chopping up the dirt. All in preparation for the seed. Let me tell you something. God needs to tell somebody today you need to be breaking up some of your fallow ground that's why the seed that you keep trying to plant is not going anywhere and you're not seeing the fruit of God in your life it's not because you don't have any seed because you got the seed of the Holy Spirit living inside of you you have neglected the ground that will produce God's great harvest in your life see that's what that's what the 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 prophet Hosea is saying here break up the fallow ground it is time to seek the Lord See, there's some truth about you reap what you sow, but we have to think about the preparation for the seed to be able to produce its greatest harvests. See, we can't just pick up a Bible, read a few verses, and think that we're going to be okay and we're going to be good. Let me tell you, one of the greatest things you can do when it comes to trying to grow spiritually is to treat God's Word as a garden filled with nourishment. Looking for the things that's going to fill you. And you may have to get the hoe out. You, you know, one of the things about a hoe, it'll cause, it'll cause some blisters. I learned that. Anybody here ever had a blister from hoeing? I have. I've had blisters from hoeing. I've had blisters from pulling weeds. I have not liked being in the garden. But let me tell you something. When it was time to eat, I'd be the first one at the table. We would plant seeds uh, for corn. We'd plant seeds for peas. We would have green beans. We, we would have all kinds of stuff. We'd have this great big garden. And it would be a lot of hard work. But the benefit of what we reaped would be absolutely delicious. See, what I want you to understand today is this. The specifics of what Hosea is telling us, it's not simply about what you sow and what you reap. It's about getting ready, getting the ground ready for what you need to sow so that when it is sown, it will grow. Here are some things about breaking up the fallow ground. Number one, it's not about you. It's about Him. We have to be in a position that we want God to speak to us, to tell us what His heart is and what His will is so that we can do what He's asked us to do. It's about letting us look into Scripture and go, I don't understand that. That is really hard. Here's what happens a lot of times. We walk out into the garden that God wants to just make it bountiful and beautiful in our life. 
And we look at it and we go, well, that's just a little too hard. I'm going to Walmart to buy my stuff. I'm going to Kroger. I'm just going to go to church, let the preacher preach. He's going to tell me some spiritual things. I'm going to go home. I'm not going to get in the Bible. It's too difficult for me to understand. I can't read it and get anything out of it. I'm not going to listen to Christian music. I'm going to listen to country music because I enjoy that a whole lot more. And you know what you're doing? You are falling trap into verse number 13. You are going to reap wickedness. You're going to reap injustice because you're, you are plowing wickedness. You are turning away from God. That's why Hosea is having to say, now is the time to seek the Lord. Till up that fallow ground. Get it ready. Let me tell you, there will not be a revival in our land until God's people tills up their own fallow ground. And they get ready for this seed, the Word of God. Now, where do I get the Word of God is the seed from Jesus? He tells a parable about the seed that is thrown around. And some of it falls on rocky soil. Some of it falls on good soil. Some falls on, on, in, in the thorny uh, area. Each one of those, he tells this parable. And then he explains it to his disciples. And he says, the seed is the Word of God. Let me tell you, the reason we're not receiving the Word of God anymore the reason we're more concerned about what we're going to have for lunch than we are the Word of God and getting the spiritual nutrition is because we're not plowing up the soil anymore. People are only showing up at church all across this nation just to say that they've done something religious. Until we prepare our hearts and minds to hear from God and encounter Him in a place like this, we will never be able to experience Him. We will never be able to reap that harvest of God doing something great in our life. So let me encourage you today. You have a, a glorious opportunity to break up that fallow ground this coming week, to prepare your life for God to speak to you. You know, there's, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people, Billy Graham said this, there's a lot of people that wants to go out and sow their wild oats all during the week, come into church on Sunday morning and pray that the harvest will fail. They want to sow all their wild oats, come in on Sunday morning, and let none of the consequences be part of their life. That's not the way it works. It is a biblical principle. It is a life principle that you reap what you sow. Somebody say, you reap what you sow. Let me tell you something. Your harvest and your reaping is greatly impacted by how you plow, how you get ready for that seed to come into your life. So I want to re read Hosea chapter 10, verses 12 and 13 just one more time. Then we're going to go to Galatians. Sow with a view to righteousness. Reap in accordance with kindness. Break up the, your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until He comes to rain righteousness on you. You have plowed wickedness, you have reaped injustice, you have eaten the fruit of lies because you have trusted in your way in your numerous warriors. Whenever you break up the ground and you begin to sow seed and you get everything ready and you do the best you can, there's some things that you have no power over. You have no power over the rain. You have no power over the sun. But when you get all that stuff ready and all those things come together, see, God will provide what is needed for you to have a great harvest. When you prepare the soil, you receive the seed, God will bring about a harvest that's much greater than you think is possible. And that's what God wants to happen in our life. See, people in this world, they think the best there is to offer is winning a lottery ticket. 
Let me tell you, there's a whole lot better stuff than winning a lottery ticket. Now, I can say that because I didn't win the lottery this last time. You, what was it, $2 billion? But here's what I can guarantee you. If I had won that $2 billion, I'd still be standing up here preaching to you. I would not change what I do. Because that money does not make me more fulfilled. I'm already fulfilled in Christ. I have a harvest that's much greater than $2 billion. As a matter of fact, if, if, uh, if I'd won that $2 billion, every single one of you would have had a very nice Christmas. I can promise you that because I love all of you. Even our guests, I, man, I'd been handing out... I'd been, oh yeah, baby. So next time that, that, that lottery comes around, why don't you just pray for the pastor to win it? And I'll just share it around everybody. Actually, I don't play the lottery. I figured God was just waiting for somebody who don't play the lottery to get the ticket since nobody was winning it. Let's look in Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Paul writes these words, Do not be deceived... God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Now, I want to pause just for a moment with just those, those uh, few verses here is the principle of you reap what you sow, even all the way into the New Testament. And I heard this great quote this week about a very wise individual. He came into my office, said this little quote, and walked right back out of my office. But Chad Bruce came into my office this week. And he said, whatever's in the well will come up in the bucket. Don't you just like that? Whatever's in the well will come up in the bucket. I grew up with a well, and to get water, you had to put the bucket down in the water, into the well, and then you'd draw that bucket up out of the well. And what that would do is you would bring up some stuff sometimes that you wish you hadn't known was down there. Whatever's in the well is going to come up in the bucket, but you know what, what, what is great about that well? When you keep that thing covered, you take good care of it, that water is so pure and fresh and clean and cold. It is fantastic. The idea here in Galatians is, is this. That which you sow inside, that which you sow in your mind and in your heart, in your attitude, in your intentions, all those things that you sow, you're going to reap. They're going to show up. You may think you can put on a show, but what happens is what's really in your heart is going to come forth. So know this is, a, this is the second thing for you to know. You reap what you sow. It's as simple as that. You reap what you sow. Now, when we look at this, we have to understand that not only is this a life principle, a biblical principle, but how does this impact us as Christians? We are the ones who should be reaping kindness and mercy. We are the ones who should be finding blessings and joy in the midst of circumstances. When we are crying and we are weeping, there's a sense of hope and peace even in the midst of those moments. But unfortunately, we've gotten so busy. We've made this old spiritual life and spiritual stuff secondhand in our life. We're expecting God to do great things without planting any of God's seeds. 
We're expecting God to just bust forth and bring people to church and, and to change a community and change your neighbor without planting any of God's seeds in their life or even in your life. We would love to see the baptismal used every week, but yet how many times are we planting seeds as we leave from here? See, there is a you reap what you sow principle, but we have to prepare before we can sow to get the greatest harvest. So we have to break up some fallow ground in our life. Places where we have, we have neglected spiritually. Maybe, maybe it's, it's being consistent and faithful in being at church or faithful in being in God's Word or faithful in prayer. Maybe, maybe you've gotten busy, and I understand that. That's part of life, is it not? But in the grand scheme of things, weeds are going to develop. And that which you receive from the Bible, that which you receive from church, will not have the, the same type of impact if you neglect what God has put there in your life. At one time, maybe you've had a great harvest. You have, you have known God and you've been close to Him and you've been so intimately close. But you don't feel that way anymore. Could it be that you've neglected some ground that needs to be tilled up again? You know, I wish Jayanna was in here right now because her YouVersion app has got to be some kind of, uh, some kind of record. Eliza, do you know how many days in a row she's... Uh, it's, it's 1,000 and something, isn't it? I think it's over, what, 1,500 days in a row. It's what, buddy? It's what? 4,000. It ain't 4,000. It's like 1,400, I think. Uh, maybe it is 4,000. But can you imagine being in God's Word every day that many days in a row? Let me tell you, that's somebody, and yes, she's my daughter, and I'm her dad, and I'm going to brag on her. That's somebody that when she opens the Word of God, she is tilling up some ground so that the seeds that's planted here in the Word will bear fruit in her heart, in her mind, and in her life. She would not want me talking about her right now. But let me tell you something. I'd much rather her be that way than have a Ph.D. To have the greatest paying job that's ever been. Because what she has inside of her will carry her beyond when daddy's not around anymore. See, the fruit that she will bear, the harvest she's going to find, one thing about seeds, you, you till the soil and you get it ready and you don't go out there the next day expecting to, to pick some green beans or get a watermelon. It takes a long time for seeds to grow. So it takes patience. It takes work. It takes intentionality. I guess the message for someone today is this. You need to till up some fallow ground, some things that you've been neglecting. That's why you're not getting what you used to get. That's really what Hosea was saying to Israel. Now is the time to seek the Lord. Till up, break up that ground that you have neglected. And then when that seed is planted, it's going to bring forth the harvest. You know what happens if you just put a seed on top of untilled ground? If it takes root, it may burn up in the sun. A bird may come by and eat it. It may never even take root. It may just rot and die. But you dig up that ground, you put that seed in there, and there will be a great harvest because of it. See, Jesus, think about this for a second. Let's think about garden and planting. What you have to do with a seed you have to put it into the, into the ground. It has to die and get buried. 
and then it brings forth a harvest. Jesus left heaven, came to earth, died on a cross, and was buried. He was put into a tomb. Then he came forth on that third day. So that we could be justified and redeemed. That we could have life and have it more abundantly. And then what he does, when we, we receive Christ, what happens? The Holy Spirit is planted inside of us to empower us so that we can have life and that we can share it with others, so that we can access the power that he has for us. So here's my question to you. What's your ground look like? What's the ground in your life when it comes to spirituality? What does it look like? Now, we, we look over there at your job. We look at your family. It might look good, but what's your spiritual life? Because I'm here to tell you, that is the most important garden for you to cultivate. That garden will, will spill over into everything else in a positive way. You neglect it, and you're going to reap what you sow in all the other ones, which is going to be difficulty. What do you reap when you get angry? What do you reap when you lie? What do you reap when there's violence? What do you reap when there's cheating going on? It's all bad stuff. What do you reap when you pray? What do you reap when you're alone in God's Word and you just read it? And you read it. What do you reap when you get... Do I have oh, Okay. What do you get when you get up a little earlier on Sunday morning and come to church and come to a Bible study Sunday school class and listen to God's Word teaching? I'm sorry, some of you didn't like that because I just made you feel guilty. Can I tell you some truth? It wasn't you feeling, feeling guilty. It wasn't me doing that. It was the Holy Spirit. Because you need to get up, you need to get here, break up some fallow ground, and get in Bible study. If you don't do it on Sunday morning, do it some other time. Get into Bible study. You cannot expect to reap a spiritual harvest only showing up on a Sunday morning, expecting what you hear from me to produce a great, bountiful harvest in your life. It's not going to happen. You've got to be breaking up the ground in your life so the seed will be planted so there will be a great harvest. Do not blame the person who's trying to deliver the seed if there's nothing for the seed to go into. Get up a little earlier. Get to Bible study. Find a Bible study online. Talk with somebody during the week. Do something so you're in the Word, and I guarantee you it will make a difference in your life. So the very first thing I want you to do with this message today is this. I want us to think about Jesus for a second. How did Jesus implement this idea of reaping what you sow? Well, I believe the very first thing Jesus did was this. He was seeking to know the heart of God. You know what we read about Jesus doing a lot of? He was praying. He was alone. He was seeking the heart of God more than his own heart, more than what he wanted. He wanted the will of God more than anything else. He came to do the will of God, to know what God has said and to follow through with that. That's what Jesus did. I think he wants us to do the same thing. If we are to till up the ground, we have to be seeking the heart of God. Why does he want me to think? How does he want me to believe? How does he want me to perceive stuff? What is my attitude? And the second thing is this. What did Jesus do? He was seeking to do the will of God. 
It's not just knowing. It's, as Lynn Burkhalter has said, you know, it doesn't say, uh, Jesus didn't say that it would be said, well thought, my good and faithful servant. It says that you will hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. We must take what we think and what we know to the steps of action. Because I'm here to tell you, your actions will reveal your heart. As Jesus said, your words reveal what's on the inside. So I bring to you this encouragement today. God wants you to seek Him so that you can have a bountiful harvest in your life. What happened yesterday is gone. What happens right now is the most important thing. Today, I read this online and I thought it was beautiful. Today is the father of tomorrow. And today is the child of yesterday. What we do today will matter tomorrow. Let's till up that fallow ground in our life so that God can plant seeds and do stuff in our life that will bring a great, bountiful harvest spiritually in our life. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you that you've given us this idea, this concept that we can see each and every day. You reap what you sow, but Father... Today's message goes beyond that. The preparation for the seed will determine the harvest. Lord, we can plant seeds all day long, but if we don't prepare for them, we're not going to see that harvest that is absolutely the great harvest. So God, help us individually prepare our hearts and our minds to receive the seed that you have for us so that a great harvest can be had in our life. Lord, I thank you for the encouragement of your word and the hope that it brings to us. Pray today, Lord, that if someone does not know you, that does not have a relationship with you, that today will be the day that they surrender their life and that they simply ask you to forgive them and to take over their life so that the Holy Spirit may come and live in them and they may be made new. Lord, for those who have neglected the spiritual things, because life has gotten busy. Things have happened. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's schedule. Lord, I think the word today for them is <laughs> tomorrow's over. Yesterday's over. Tomorrow is yet to come. Tomorrow is a new day. There is hope. The Lord is not going to leave you. He's not going to leave me. Today, will you simply make a new commitment to him to say, Lord, I, I need to break up some fallow ground in my life. I need you to take some seed and help it grow because I need you more than I need all the pleasures I have. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name. Galatians said, if you sow to the flesh, you will reap from the flesh. If you sow to the Spirit, you will reap from the Spirit. When we sow to the flesh, we sow to our own lusts, the things that we want. That is absolutely in contradiction to what God wants. Does God want us to eat? Yes, He does. Does my body desire that food? Yes, yes, he, it does. But I want to align what I want with what He wants, and what He wants for me is going to be good. I cannot neglect the spiritual stuff in my life and expect God to do great, bountiful things. 
whatever you feed will become the strongest. Feed the flesh, it becomes the strongest. Feed the spirit, it becomes the strongest. And I guarantee you, the outcome of each will be different. There are men and women all across this room that will testify to that. A life lived to the flesh for many years. Who's now living a life to the spirit? Who makes a world of difference in a lot of people's lives? That can be you. Your seven-day challenge this week is, it isn't just simply to read the Bible. I thought that would be a good one. Seven-day challenge, be in the Bible every day. But many of you are already in the Bible. But here's what I want you to do to plow up some ground. I want you to pray this week. Every day this week, I want you to pray this. God, help me think Help me value. Help me know your heart so that I may do your will. Help me know your heart so that I can do what you want. And then open up the Bible. Look on your Bible app. Do a devotion. Listen to somebody on YouTube. Ask God to do something in you rather than just checking it off the list. Plow up some ground so God can plant something and change your life.